God has spoken. Understand Asa Shaman. You know, Crossroads, I don't know if you know this, but um, God is really moving in our midst and doing something right now. Uh, because of our Facebook online campus, we have been able to go beyond the walls of Corona, beyond the borders of Corona. And right now, our Facebook campus is currently reaching four out of the five continents around the world. I mean, amazing. It's amazing what God is doing. And uh, I get to stand up here and tell you today is just a beautiful day to be a part of a body of people who are a part of a church that are choosing to be the church that Jesus wants us to be. I mean, we get to live out the things that God is calling us to do. And uh, Pastor Chuck has been sharing and the, the, the church has committed for two years that we're going to be more intentional with our relationship with Jesus Christ. And I got to tell you, being able to watch people say, you know what, in order to have a relationship with Jesus, that means that I have to be intentional with my intimacy with God, that I'm going to open up my Bible every single day and I'm going to spend time listening and tuning into him. And when people begin to do that, they all of a sudden begin being transformed. We're watching people give up their time, their talent, and their treasure to be used by God. And when people do that, man, incredible doors begin to open and people experience new heights and depths of God. We ask people to experience more of God. And when people stepped out of their comfort zone and began to experience more of God, we begin to see the glory of God revealed through Jesus Christ. And because we have chosen to love like Jesus loves, Man, we're watching pockets of people's families and lives and even the world begin to be transformed by it when we live out what God has called us to do. And you know what, Crossroads, is you get to celebrate in this because you were faithful, because you were committed and said, this is who we're gonna be. And I get to stand up here and tell you right now that because of your faithfulness, because of your committedness, when we stand before Jesus, he's gonna look at you and he's gonna say, when I was hungry, you fed me. And you're gonna say, when? And he's gonna say, adopt a block. Because when Adopt-A-Block went out into the, the uh, under-resourced and lower-income areas in Corona and reached out to people who needed hope and needed Jesus, well, you were there. You did that. And we reached out to hundreds and hundreds of kids in the, in the Corona area. Isn't that incredible that we get to say we were a part of that? Yeah. And, and you know what, Crossroads, because you were faithful, you were faithful that there's thousands and thousands of children in Corona right now, and this has been a burden of our pastoral staff, a burden of our staff, and hopefully a burden of our church. Thousands of kids in this area who don't know the love of Jesus Christ and don't have that hope, but I can tell you because of your faithfulness, because of your committedness, we are going to make a difference and we are going to change that. We are going to do something about that in our city. Crossroads, I, I don't know if you know this, but we live at a time where people saying that this generation, my generation, is falling away from Jesus Christ. But I can tell you right now with integrity, it's not happening in this church. I can tell you that right now. That last Wednesday, we had thousands of young adults in this room, and they came simply not to hear a message, but they came to pray. They came to pray, and because of that faithfulness and committedness to pray and cry out to God, 31 people gave their life to Christ on a prayer night. God is doing something in our midst, Crossroads. And let me tell you, because of your faithfulness, because of your committedness, you know that the gate that we showed in Kenya that's holding back children from being a part of our school, because of your faithfulness, we can take that down and we are taking it down. Yeah. But best of all, Crossroads, 
Because of your faithfulness, because of your committedness, we are gonna take down the gates of hell and we are gonna light up the world. Get your hands together, Crossroads. love those guys or what? I mean, I, that is just awesome. I got to tell you, I, um, one of the dreams when I came here four years ago, and I, as a matter of fact, when I started unveiling some things, I asked a question. I, I stood up and told about the state we were in. I go, is there any questions? And a couple of questions came. Then one, one woman, Christy Alkima, said, she goes, what about our junior high ministry? She goes, are we going to start reaching junior high students? And I said, I promise you we will. Do you realize there are literally 200 junior hires on Monday night worshiping God? And uh, we're doing that. And high school, hundreds and hundreds of high school on Monday night. But also in here, that's what Ronnie, I get so excited about. Ronnie announced on Wednesday night, we're going to come and pray. And, and thousands, thousands showed up to pray. They just literally lifted praise in this building. And then that's when 31 people came forward. It is just incredible to be involved in a time like this. To see God moving in our midst. Our men's ministry is growing. Our, our, men's, our women's ministry is growing. Our couples' ministry is growing. Our, our, our children's ministry is setting records. I mean, we're just watching God pour his hand of blessing upon us. And, and I know it's because we all agreed together to say we're going to be that church. We're going to be the church that God wants us to be. We're going to live the life God wants us to live. And Father, as we just celebrate now before you and ask you, God, 
to take us and, and the commitments we're making and the church we want to be, I pray you'd raise us up. Oh, Lord God, we love you. Oh, Lord God, we want to be your church. Oh, Lord God, we want you to look at this family and say yes. Yes, we're a group that says together, together, we would just help each other to grow in our love with you, our relationship with you. And Lord, you would use us to, to literally shine out as a light in this area in Jesus' name. Amen. We're calling this Celebration Sunday because you know why? I want to celebrate not the end, but the beginning. The beginning of a two-year journey together. The beginning of moving forward together. The beginning of seeing God use us in a very amazing way. And, and it gets exciting to think about what God's doing. Now, over the, uh, we started this in October and we've aimed for this moment and then we launch out for the next two years. But there's been a reverberating theme of letters I've gotten, emails I've gotten, people stopping me to talk to me. And I want to tell you what the theme is. It's this. Thank you. I, I cannot, I, I don't know that I was ready for what God was about to do. As a matter of fact, I believe we're seeing God do something bigger than we ask or thought. But the number one thing people have stopped to tell me, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, our church is being the church it should be. Thank you, we're doing it without apology. We're not going to apologize for holding up the message of Jesus Christ. And everyone's loving that. I had a man come to me about three weeks ago. Right here, he grabbed my hand. And when I mean cried, we're seeing lots of cool tears around here. He's an elderly man. And he grabbed my hand. And he said, Chuck, I've been waiting for 40 years for the church to be the church. He said, thank you that we're going to be that church. Pam and I were at Target uh, yesterday and I bumped into an amazing uh, uh, mom and daughter, uh, Melinda Steelwell and her daughter, um, Michaela. And they stopped me and we were talking and sharing, talking about how impact has been a ministry in their family. They love the fifth and sixth grade ministry. But then she said, I got to tell you what happened in our family. And I got goosebumps. I don't know if you will. She said, Michaela, who was standing there, my high school daughter, came to me on October 1st, a Saturday, October 1st. And she said, Mom, I want us to commit together, you and I, that we'll be in God's word every single day. She goes, I just think we should do that. And Michaela said, let's do. Then they came to church on Sunday. And what did we kick off? That we're all going to be in God's word every single day. And they said, you know what? We just know God prepared us for that. And I think a lot of you would come and say, God was preparing me for this. God was getting me ready for this. That's what we want to have happen. And we're hearing story after story. We're not waiting for the two years. God is moving now. God is answering prayers now. A college-age girl in our church had been praying for four years for her brother to come to know Christ. And rather than seeing him get closer and closer to the Lord, she started praying when she was 15. She watched him get further and further and further away to a point where she actually shared this. I lost hope that he would ever come, and I began to wonder if prayer worked. I started doubting the power of prayer. Then we launched in this 24-7 series. She started praying more than ever, and he shocked her by saying, hey, can I go to church with you? He came on the Sunday that I preached on the last days, and he was sitting right there. And as I was praying, or preaching and I gave the invitation, she said he not just was crying, he was sobbing. And she put her arms on his back and said, do you want to go forward? And he shook his head, yes. And when they stood up, she goes, my brother threw his arms around me and gave me a bear hug like you couldn't believe. And I watched it. And they both just broke and started crying and almost stumbled this way. We had to help them into the back room. Since then, he has gotten into a Tuesday night Bible study. He's gotten into a community group. And he actively attends our church in Generate. And she can't believe that her brother's the brother he is today. And what God is doing. We're watching God do these things. And what I want to tell you is I want to celebrate today you. 
I, I got to tell you, people have been thanking me. I genuinely want to thank you. I want to thank you that you've responded the way you have. I want to thank you you've committed the way you have. Uh, uh, already, uh, from the cards that were turned in, we know now that 1,959 people have committed to go on this journey with us. And I, I think that's a praise. Meaning that, that the I, intentional intimacy, that, that, that 1959 of us will be in the Word of God every single day. Now, I, again, I don't know how, again, if you realize what that means, but here's what it means to me. Uh, the other day, I got up ready to do my quiet time. I'd just been shown this number. And the next day, I got up and opened my Bible, and I went, oh, my. There's thousands of Crossroads family doing what I'm doing right now. I, I got to tell you, I love my alone time with God, but all of a sudden, I realized I'm not alone. I, we're not alone, are we? We're drawing close to God together. And... Um, I mean, I literally sat there going, God, and, and thinking about that and praying for our church and praying for what God was doing and moving in times like that. And, and, and so every day we're going to do that for the next two years. Now, let me just say this real quick. That I've had, I had a, a, a Steve Mundy's wife ran up to me and said, 48. And I said, oh, I bet I know what that is. 48 days I've been in the word straight. Another man ran up to me, 33. And so, you know, people, and I love that we're doing that. But let me remind you, if you miss a day, just start going again. We're not saying that a person who does 100 straight days is more spiritual than the one who does 84, right? We're not going, oh, you're an 84, you know. Uh, no, 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 no. It, you know, if you miss a day, jump back in. It's not about being perfect. It's about being wholehearted. But the idea is don't miss a day. Just be with God in intentional intimacy, sharing with him. And when we do that, we're drawing close to God. What did James say? James said, if we draw close to God, he will draw close to us. If we draw, he will, he said, if you take a step towards me, I'll run to you. And so that's what we're doing. Then the, the total surrender. Our church is a place of total surrender. I, I mean, we now can dream and plan like we, I can't even imagine. Never ever have I been in a church like this. And by the way, I mean that. I've never been in a church this committed. And because of that, we're able to dream and plan to affect lives in amazing ways. And we talked about those four envelopes. The idea of doing an extreme makeover. The idea of eliminating debt. The idea that we would now have more effective ministry than ever before. The generate ministry, adopt a block, the children's, our special needs, our men's, our women's. What we could do together that way. The idea that we would empower change. Now we're at a place now, not only can we dream about it, we can plan on it. Because something happened that I wasn't ready for. Now, here's what it was. I love our commitment cards. I love that. But, but no one here is waiting for that. The offerings alone have skyrocketed because people here are being committed to God. And I got to tell you, it's incredible. So let me just kind of give you a, some mathematical equations so we can try to put our arms around this together. I'm going to lay some big numbers on you because this is a big church with big commitment. You ready? Since October 2nd, our offerings have averaged $171,816.76. That's what we're averaging per week. Now, I know, okay, a lot of you are going, all right, that's great, but what does that mean? If you take that average, which we're knowing now is that and more as we all get committed and stay committed, if you take that average times 104, 52 weeks for two years, so 171,000, 100,000 times 104, that means we can make plans on, ready for this, $17,868,943.04, and we'll use the four cents. Um, <laughs> 
But that isn't even where it stops. You see, when you take the cards, though, and, and, and what many, many, many of you said, you know what, I'm planning on giving a special offering to God over these two years in different ways. That amount staggered us. Because beyond just the giving we have now, you've told us that we'll get $1,831,230 in just from special offerings above and beyond the tithe. Now, now here's where we're going. Get ready, and you can clap in a second, but get ready for this. So you take those two numbers. We are now dreaming and planning and strategizing with $19,700,173.04 because of you. Now, now you, okay, that, those are huge numbers. So here's the, what does that mean? Do you know what that means? That means that over the next two years, because of our faithfulness together, we are going to have 6200000 more than we would have had. We can fill those envelopes. We can do amazing things. We can make change. And by the way, I'd prefer to have seven million. I don't like six. But, uh, uh, but you know, but we could do that. Now, here's, here's where we're going. You ready? Now, you might say, that's a huge number. And, 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 and does it matter? First of all, oh, it matters. But what really counts in my mind is this. There's nobody in here that I know of that could do that by yourself. Is there anyone here who could give us $19 million? Is there anybody who could... I couldn't give 19 million in two years. You know what? But together, as a family, together as a church, we can. And it does get, it matters and it gets emotional. Uh, a man who watches online um, is 90 years old. Up until recently, he's never been to our church campus one time. But the online ministry is how he can worship God and be a part of our church. And he was watching the week I talked about the women's restroom in the Plex and about how scary that place is. I had a woman say, is it that bad? And she went in and we still haven't found her. Uh, you know, and so, you know what? Now, I want you to catch this. He's 90 years old. He's on a fixed income. Um, because of his health, he isn't able to get out at all. But he said, I've got to go to Crossroads. And he told his family, can you help me get there? And he, it was, it was a very grueling, arduous task to get him to our campus. And when he got here, my daughter-in-law, Jill, sat down and talked with him. And he said, I don't want the women in the bathroom like that. He said, I'm on a fixed income, but I can't live with myself if that's what happens. He said, I personally am going to pay for that whole restroom. He's going to do that. And uh, man, praise God. He's made his 24-7 commitment. He's with us. But you know what? He felt God calling him to do that. And I don't, I don't know about you. I go, wow, praise God. We're a church that has a man like that in our church. I also had a 10-year-old girl walk up to me and she goes, Pastor Chuck, can I turn in a card? And I said, oh, you can. And I looked at it. Over the next two years, she's going to give $3 to God. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. And... And whether you're 10 or whether you're 90, we're doing this together. Do you catch that? We're doing it together. And as we do it together, amazing things happen. Because we say yes to God and we're more intentional and we come together to say we're his church. That's why we're celebrating because we've committed to that and God wants us to be that church together. And, and so we're watching all these things happen. Uh, by the way, we've already put word to Kenya, the gate's gonna come down. Uh, that's gonna happen. We're gonna do that. Um, We've uh, also are giving word in a few weeks. I'll be in India and we're going to talk about empowering change there to the next generation. And we're going to be able to make that happen through Dr. Ajay Lal and his ministry. Uh, we uh, are reaching out in a lots of areas where we're seeing God open doors like you can't imagine. One of those, by the way, one of those is in Palestine. Uh, God brought a man to our church. Matter of fact, Nazareth is here. Welcome Nazareth as he comes up right now. But... 
Nazareth, Nazareth is a Palestinian Christian uh, who is a part of our church family. And man, I love you, love having you. But four years ago, God brought him to us and he actually said, you know, he knew God wanted him here, but he wasn't sure why. And now he knows why. He uh, has some friends in Palestine. He understands the area like no one else can. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. But you just recently went with Pam and Mike Long and Lisa to Palestine and to the Holy Land. Yes, October 16th. Before I say that, I just want to ask, this is a flash mob. That's amazing. In my country, we're Middle Eastern. That's called an uprising. (laughs) (laughs) The National Guard would have jumped in and stopped them. But... uh, yeah, but October 16th, we went, uh, you know, to, to Palestine, to the West Bank, actually. And this is a team. We were very committed to, to do the work. And that's what happened. We put mud on our faces. <laughs> but not after. We went, we went visited. There's a pastor who came here, and he has an, what we thought is an orphanage, but it was a boy's home that he takes. There's no foster system in Palestine, Israel. So what they do is if the parents are crazy or they don't take care of their kids, the kids end up on the street. So this pastor takes these little kids and just show them the love of Christ, teach them the Bible, send them to school, feed them, keep them there. And uh, he was just in need. And when he came, we said, you know, we're going to come and see you. And he, he was shocked. He didn't believe it. When he saw us there, we said, we want to come and help you. And, and one of the things that really amazed him, one of the kids that was there, his dad was a drug dealer. He didn't pay the, de- the drug cartels there, so they burned his dad. And this kid is yeah. shocked. He comes in, and he's living in the home. Ten kids that one day, this is going to grow up. They don't have, you know, they don't have to worry about war or hate. They're going to love Jesus Christ. And Pastor Mike Long looks at the pastor in the eyes, and the guy started he said, you know what? I know you just want to have a bigger home for the kids here, but because of Crossroad, what, the 24-7, we might be able to put ten homes or more in the Gaza Strip and in the West Bank to be able to reach more people. We're going to send team, a mission team from here to go visit homes, Palestinian homes, and show them the love of Jesus Christ. And this doesn't normally happen from American churches. Yeah, and yeah, praise God for that. You see, one of the things Nazareth knows and we're becoming more and more aware of is Palestinian Christians, our brothers and sisters feel like we don't care or they don't exist and no one's helping. And this man, who was just a good friend of his, said a lot of churches, a lot of churches have showed up and said, we'll help you and they never hear from them again. And you know what? I want to tell you, I think they're watching probably. They're watching right now. Yes, they are. I want to tell you something. We are coming back. We're going to be with you. We're not going to leave you you out. So... You know, without grace, there's no peace, and we're showing the grace. We're going, this is area called Samaria. When yeah. God said, go to Judea, Samaria, to the end of the world, we're going back to Samaria. And, and I was standing on the Mount of Olives there, and I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I know you can speak to me in Corona, but I want to hear from you on the Mount of Olives. And, and really, the Lord, and the Lord said, look at Jerusalem. I look, and on the west side, there was the Wailing Wall. And there were Jews fervently praying. And then to the, to, the, to the other side, there were the Muslims and the Temple Mount, the, the Al-Aqsa Mosque. And the Muslims are praying. God said, look, you know, they're fervently praying. And you American guys have the true God. And what are you doing? I don't have time for lukewarm Christianity anymore. We need to get up. Time is coming Amen. soon. No more lukewarm Christianity. I'm going amazing because this is the 24-7 that we're planning. And we go to, uh, to the Holy Land and it's part of God's plan to do it. So that's amazing. Yeah, and by the way, not just the Holy Land, but because of Nazareth and the connections, 
We have another incredible way to link that ministry, what happens in Palestine and Crossroads, into Anaheim. The second largest Islamic population in the United States is in Anaheim, California. And there was a, there's a ministry that Nazareth helped stop, start there. And they're, do, they're effective. They're winning people to the Lord. They're reaching out. They're doing it. But what happened is in September, it looked like they were going to have to close their doors. Now, you already know many of you about that. But because of 24-7, they are going to keep their doors open. They're going to keep ministering. And we're going to do that. But tell everybody about this ministry. Well, three years ago, God put it in my heart and an Iraqi lady that to start a ministry to reach Iraqi refugees and other Arabic-speaking refugees that come from Iraq. And we started to minister to them, take them from the airport, you know, buying furniture and giving them, uh, you know, just the needs for their kids and then we started an English as second language school to teach them English and to help assimilate and then a computer lab to teach them how to do computer and get a job and the whole process we show them the love of Jesus Christ and over 150 Muslim families would come every day and hear the gospel and hear a devotion and they just willingly come and we were almost closing because we we didn't have extra money to keep it running and we were going to tell the employees we're going to let you go and then Christ Crossroads come then and said, you know what, because of the 24-7, we're going to keep the door open. And not only are we going to keep it open, we, if you guys can teach us how to, the culture and how to reach a, a Muslim, we'd love you to come and we can bring teams, they can learn. And then from there they move on and change Anaheim, California and the United States for Jesus Christ. Yeah, so don't you love you. we get to do thank that? You. I am so thank excited, so excited. Man, love having you, you, love thank having you, you be a part. Praise God. Let, let Nazareth know. Thank you. I got to tell you, um, uh, it is just incredible to be a part. My wife, Pam, has really felt a heart to go and to, to, to be a part of all this. So she was on the Palestinian team that went there. Plus, by the way, we love Israel too. And so I think we are going backwards. We're going from Corona to Samaria to Judea, and then we'll take Jerusalem. But, um, but, but here's the thing. Uh, she's there and she said, I can't tell you what it meant to have Mike Long look this man in the eye and say, we love what you're doing. And he's an elderly man now. And say, you know what, it can't end. And he's like literally crying. Are you serious? Will you guys help? And, and it's in the cause of Christ reaching people. We're going to see a lot of people come to know the Lord through that in an area no one else is really is, is literally being effective like he is. Then in Anaheim, Pam and Kristen Rodriguez and a bunch of other people have been down there. They went to a women's makeover day down there and shared Christ. And they said the people, they, they were like going, I mean, Americans don't hate us and Christians don't hate us. We're like, no, it's the opposite. And the love of Christ just started flowing. And, and they're so hungry for it. So you ready for this? Next year, we're going to put on a very, very public, publicly Christian VBS in that community. And Nazareth told me the question isn't, are we going to get kids to come? We're going to turn kids away. And we're going to go in and preach Jesus for weeks in the summer next year. So God's opening up doors like that for us. And it's incredible. And I love the change that we've seen here. I mean, lots of ways. Like, did you catch how loud the praise was this morning from, the, from us? Uh, another thing, people in this church do not walk out on the invitation anymore. I, I don't know about you. I love that. Before we started this, there was a service where 200 people walked out the doors during invitation. And now we're a church that just doesn't do that. By the way, if you're brand new here, you're not going to do that today. But, uh, but it's because we really care. 
We're really tuning into God. We've understood no more lukewarm. Now, now what does this mean to our church? Well, it's incredible. But let me talk something else. What does it mean to me personally and even more, even more to you personally? What are you and I going to experience for the next two years? That's what I want us to think about because this will transform us. Our, our relationship with God is to be an ever-increasing, ever-growing relationship. Our faith in God is to be ever-increasing, ever-growing. The next two years, you and I are going to experience things you can't imagine. Why? Because we're going to be people of the Asa Shema. Exodus 24, 7. It says, then he took the book of the covenant, the book of the law, and he read it in the hearing of the people, and they said, all. All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And that's the Hebrew word, asa. And we will shema, we will understand. To asa means to do it with all your might. And I love the fact that you and I together, you and I together are now bonding together in unity together, personally seeking to be people who do all that God says. And we do it with everything that's within us. And then we begin to experience the great truths of God. Jesus said in John 8, 31 and 32, uh, he says, if uh, you are, if you obey my commandment or if you keep my word, you are truly disciples of mine and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. When we keep his word, we're truly his disciples, not, not just in name and true experience. And then we know by experience, we know the great things of God. And already so many people are coming up and saying, I got to tell you, the more I do this, the more I understand why. I'm beginning to experience God like never before. But this is the beginning of an amazing journey. And it's going to get better and better and better and better. In Luke 17, Jesus said this. He says, if you had faith like a mustard seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. Now, I want to tell you, we have a mulberry tree on the stage. Uh, my, my staff came and said, don't put that tree out. It's a pathetic mulberry tree. Some of you are going, poor mulberry tree. But that's a mulberry tree. My assistant, Talia, goes, I could uproot that. <laughs> you know, but here's the point. I want you to know, the mulberry tree, this, it's fall, so it's, you know, the leaves are falling. But that tree right there is going to get big, and it's going to get huge. And if you were looking at this big, huge tree, and Jesus said, but if you had faith like a mustard seed, I don't know if you're going to be able to see this on the Generate CD, but in this baggie are maybe, maybe a thousand or more mustard seeds. They're, if you come up later, you can see they're like almost microscopic. They're just like little flecks. And this mustard seed produces a huge plant, that, that actually spreads and grows. As a matter of fact, here's what it looks like. Uh, the top of it, or parts of it, look like this. See, I don't know about you. I, when I thought of a mustard plant, I thought of this big, beautiful, green, leafy thing. No, it's a weed. And here's how I found out. I had come up with this idea. I told my wife, Pam, and I said, I want to take one little mustard seed, just one of these, and I want to take my grandchildren outside and show them that little speck, and I want to plant it in our garden and watch it grow. Well, she said, that's a great idea. So I shared it with our pastors and Ronnie, who was up here. Ronnie's a biologist. And Ronnie goes, don't do it. He goes, you can't do it. I go, why? He goes, if you plant that one little seed, it will overtake your whole hillside. It really will. He goes, here's, and he brought it to me. He goes, this is what I'm talking. And I go, that's ugly. <laughs> I mean, this is horrible. And so, you know, I thought, but I still want to do it. So I planted the seed in David Smith's front yard. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, but, but here's the thing. Are you ready? Jesus was saying something even better than I understood. When you and I plant a seed of faith, it not only grows huge, it overtakes every area of your life. 
Just like that little seed could overtake a whole hillside. It, that, that, uh, just a little bit of faith as you and I step out and agree to be in God's word and pray and seek him and, and agree to totally surrender and, and choose to experience more and to love like Jesus loves. Guess what? It's gonna overtake every area of our life. As a matter of fact, get ready for this. If you do the I, intentional intimacy, the T, total surrender, the E, experience more, loving like Jesus love will just happen. It'll literally flow out of you. It's going to overtake everything you have. And that's what God does. It just becomes unimaginable. I got an email from someone who found that they planted a little bit of faith and it just kept growing and growing and growing. And they gave me permission to share it. Get ready. And Pastor Chuck, in 2008, I began tithing for the first time in my life. During one sermon, you said, if you don't tithe here, find a church you trust and tithe there for no matter what, no matter what, tithe. This message hit me right between the eyes. After much prayer and discussion with my wife, we decided to tithe back in 2008, but on the net. It was amazing how God supplied our needs during the past three years. However, I've always struggled with tithing on the gross. I rationalized that because I was putting my, two, my girls through Christian school at Crossroads, that I would, uh, that would count as a part of my tithe. Strangely, for three years, I had an internal uneasiness about the way I was tithing. Every month I had to play mental Olympics as to why it was okay to give on the net. I rationalized it away by comparing the amount and not the percentage. And by comparing what other men are giving and not what God had called me to do. The tithe wasn't hard to check for me. It was the gross tithe box that I struggled with. You see, if I gave on the gross, it would mean an extra $500 per month for us. As sole income, that was my emergency money for shoes, flat tires, medical copays, field trips, etc. My wife depended on me to provide. By giving that, it would mean that I truly had to be trusting and relying on God and let go of the rope. Beginning October 1st, I began to get in the uh, Word nearly every day, something I didn't do regularly before. I then joined a men's Bible study on Thursday nights. I got involved in a ministry on campus, and I finally tithed on the gross at the end of October. When I gave, I had such a peace within me, defying logic in a capitalistic earthly sense. When I worshiped, it was like I never worshiped before. Do you notice how this is starting to grow? It overtakes his life. I truly surrendered all. Somehow I knew that I would be taken care of, but I had no idea what would be in store. When I electronically tithed at the end of October, it was especially challenging to start at that point because I was taking 11 days off in November meaning I would not have money coming in and I would need an extra $500 more than ever. However, in the first nine days of November were incredible. I generated over $5,000 in extra income during the first days, more than enough to sustain us during my upcoming vacation. And that is 10 times more than what I was holding on to by not tithing on the gross. The fun part is that God has been so blatantly obvious that it's almost funny. People have been calling me that I talked to last year and new contracts and referrals are flooding in like never before. It is so over the top that my coworkers started asking how this was happening. And I was even able to give a testimony in my office last week about what God was doing. Isn't that incredible? He said, last Friday, I prayed an impossible prayer and it was answered in four hours. He says, mountains are moving. Now, I, I, if you haven't caught it, just keep spreading for this man. As it has only been a few days, I don't want to have unrealistic expectations. However, it is very clear that God is keeping up his end of the relationship as I draw closer to him. 
I want to thank you for teaching with passion that you do, even if some pull away or are angered by these biblical truths. Your teaching has made such an impact in the lives of my family and I. How grateful I am to be growing with Christ at the age of 33 and not waiting until I'm 83. Thank you for your leadership, your passion. It has truly inspired me and is rippling out of my wife and I. I am just one person. Imagine what God could do if the whole church was a church of committed people. I wish everyone would stubbornly test God in this and call his bluff. I will not look back. It is only by doing that I truly understood. What a way to live. And he signs his name, which he doesn't want you to know so you don't ask for money. Um, you know what? It's, it's God does that. Here's my point. When you and I, a 10-year-old girl, a 10-year-old girl plants that faith of mustard seed, it grows big in her life. And when a 90-year-old man does it, it grows big in his life. And when a 33-year-old man does it, it does. And here's what I want to say. Thank you. Thank you that we get to do this together. Thank you that we get to be this kind of church. I just love that you and I together are on this journey. And it's going to change us and transform us. And it's going to go to every single area of our life. I just discovered something else I didn't know. And this may, I think this is incredibly intriguing. 67 times in the Bible, obeying God and loving God are linked together. 67 times, loving God and obeying God are linked together. Do you get what I'm going? God is over-communicating something. If you love me, you'll obey my commandments. If I really love God, I'm gonna jump in and do it. It's not even gonna be an issue. If I really love the Lord. And now here's what's exciting to me. I'm in a church of thousands and thousands of people who love God so much we're saying we're just going to do it. No holding back. And as we do this together, it, it causes us to grow and experience God. And in 1 John 5, 3, it says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. I got to tell you something. I think that lots of you would share this say, in, in saying this with me. I have never been more free. When I said yes to God and I said I'm going to do whatever you want, I've never been more free. It's not being a burden. It's not in bondage. I'm knowing the truth and the truth is setting me free. Jesus said it so clearly in John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. When we do that, we're showing a true love of God. Not a said love or a spoken love or a lip service. But we're doing it together. And it's going to transform us. And you ready for this? Not only will it spread to every area of your life, it is going to cause you and I to tune into the Lord more than ever. See, what gets me so excited, why I want to celebrate today, is you and I together are going to tune into God and grow in our relationship and be more intimate with Him than we could ever imagine. We already talked about this, but think about the words of Jesus in John 14, verses starting in verse 21. It says, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and... I will love him and will disclose myself to him. You ready for this? The Lord says, if you do this, I am going to not only love you, I'm going to disclose myself to you. The word disclose actually is a Greek word that means to emphasize or be emphatic. Do you know what's going to happen to us over the next two years? Jesus is going to emphasize his presence in our lives. You and I are going to grow closer to him. We're going to spot him. We're going to be more aware of him. I don't want to say this. This is not even meant to brag, but I had a guy a while back come up to me and he's not a Christian. And he said, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm searching. He said, but I got to ask you, do you ever doubt that God exists? And by the way, if you're here today and you struggle with that from time to time, if this isn't meant to put guilt on you, it, it's okay to struggle with things like that. But I want to tell you, for me, I don't. 
And he looked at me and he said, are you truly telling me you don't doubt God's existence? And I said, no, I don't doubt God's existence. I'll say it something else. I don't doubt my wife's existence. Now, do you guys, probably are, are you surprised at that? Do you ever think I walk in going, I've just been having some doubts that Pam exists. <laughs> Who is it spending all my money? You know. <laughs> now, does, you don't, and you know what? You might go, well, you could see her. But guess what? If I was blind, would that make a difference? You might say, well, you can hear her, but if I was deaf, would that make a difference? You know what I want to tell you? The closer you get to God, those things just go away. Here's why, because it's real. The reality of who he is and him emphasizing his presence in your life, you're going to experience the reality and real relationship with him. It's literally going to be so real. It's like a person because it is meant to be that way. God wants you and I to experience him that way. That's his great desire. And, and then he wants to tell you secrets. Remember Proverbs 3.32, it says, the secret of the Lord, uh, the counsel of the Lord is with the upright. God's gonna start showing you things and doing things and opening and you're gonna step back and it could only be him. The other night, some men gathered on a Thursday night for a men's Bible study and, and, and men, I'll tell you what, God is showing up on Thursday night. If you're a man, that's an incredible place to be. And they gathered around a table, and here's what happened. This was written to Doug Hughes, and it says, one of our men is a direct result of answering to 24-7's call to show love to another. Remember, we always say, we pray, God, how are you going to bless me today, and who can I show love to? This man took us up on that. It says, one of our men is a direct result of answering to 24-7's call to show love to one another. Said that he extended love this week, to a young man in his early 20s that appeared homeless, hungry, and shaking, maybe due to drugs. He offered him some food and encouragement, telling him about God's love. And the boy thanked him for the food and the encouragement, but mostly just for taking time to be with him. As this man described the boy, another man at our table said, that's my son. That's my son. Now, later on in the email, it says, what are the odds that these two men, one who went out and showed love and the other one who was praying, where's my son? I don't know how he's doing. Is he okay? Sat at the same table and they ended up sharing that moment together. Now, not only that, another man sitting at the table looked at the dad and said, I want to give you some hope. I used to be your son and I'm free today. And I think if the three of us together get together and pray, we can see your son free one day. And these men began to pray about it. And one of the prayers was, God, put my son in a place where he will not be able to get to drugs. And while after they were done praying, the dad got a text from his son, Dad, I just got arrested. <laughs> Praise God. He's in a place he can't get drugs. And these three men are brothers in the Lord and partners in the Lord, and they have teamed up to rescue this man's son. Now, now if you don't get like an awe of that, I do. That's what God's doing now, right here in our midst. God is saying, if you're ready for this, I'm going to take you and have that happen to you. And you're going to begin to experience it like you can't imagine. We are going to be a people that understand the reality of Jeremiah, uh, uh, where God began to talk about the whole idea that he wants a plan for our lives and he wants us to experience it. Uh, in Jeremiah 29, it says this. It says that, um, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. God says, I've got a plan for you. And by the way, he says, the word plans there is a Hebrew word. I know what I want to interweave into your life. God takes our life and starts interweaving his presence, interweaving his desire, interweaving a design and a direction for us. And we step back and go, God, that's you. 
God's at you. Then the next verse says, and then you will call to me and I will answer you. God says, I'm going to start answering your prayers like never before. But the next verse says, because you seek for me with all your heart. You see, as we do this together, God's going to take us to a whole new level. God's going to unveil that to us. And so as we together begin to journey for the next two years and beyond until the Lord comes back, having intentional intimacy with God, total surrender to him, and then experiencing more with him. You know what's going to happen? We're going to start loving. We're going to start loving like Jesus loves. Now, now, what does that mean? Are you ready? In the world, how do people love? I've heard it described this way, and I think it's accurate. The person who's not a Christian loves what we call sniper love. You know, they kind of look out there, and they just kind of pick out people, and they go, okay, all right, okay, I love you. Don't love you. Don't like you. You're weird. Oh, love you. You know, and, and we do it for all sorts of selfish reasons. You know what Christians love like? We love with radar love. You know what radar does? Radar sends out a signal, and whatever gets in its path, it just hits it. So it just kind of emanates and goes ding and it comes back. Oh, love you, love you, love you. Everybody in our path we love. You get on an elevator. I love you all. You know, and, uh, and, and, and you know what? That's when you start living. All of a sudden, the love of God is just emanating from you. That's where we're headed. That's what we're going to do. And it's going to literally overtake every area of our life. Our faith will become pervasive. Our love will become uh, invasive. And, and then it'll expand from us. And we're going to begin to experience it like you can't imagine. I am so thankful, and I mean this, I'm so thankful to be in a church like this. A church where we've said no lukewarm. A church where we've said we love God too much. A church where we said let's come together and be the church. Let's just be it. And, and, and to have everybody here rally like that, man, I'm celebrating, and I hope you are too. But today, today if you're here and you do not know God's love, we want you to know it. As a matter of fact, I'm going to ask all of you right now who know the Lord and love the Lord, would you do this? Would you start praying for people who need to know Jesus? And we're going to go to a time right now where I'm going to give you an opportunity to enter into a relationship with God like you never have before. Because let me say this, it's for you. If you haven't caught it, it's for you. And if you're here and you do not know Jesus Christ, I mean really know him, and you do not have his love, and you do not have a very real relationship, he wants to have it with you. Now, you know what? God loves you so much. God cares about you so much that he sent his only son to die on a cross. He, he literally put him on the cross and let him die so your sins would be forgiven, your failures would be forgotten, and you would be cleansed completely, and then he would bring you into a relationship with him. So what you're saying yes to today is that. You're saying, you know what? I, I want my sins forgiven and cleansed. I want my failures erased and forgotten. Because God says, I want to take you and I want to make you brand new. But it's not just so you would just kind of wander. It's so you could become a child of God and be his child and know him in that very real way. So God wants that for you. And you might say, how do I do that? The answer is starts with, it starts with telling him, saying yes. And in a moment, we'll go to a time of prayer. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray that prayer and say yes to God. There's some of you today who are Christians. You need to come back to God. You just need to throw yourself into his arms. One of the most beautiful stories in the Bible is the story of the prodigal son. A son who goes out and lives his own life and actually does things that would have embarrassed the, the father in heaven. And he finally comes to his senses and decides to come home. And as he's walking down the path towards the father, the father runs to him. And he says to his father, I don't deserve to be your son. Just let me be a slave. And you know what the father said? No. No. 
And he throws a robe on him to say, you're my son. And he throws a party for him to say, I love you and I'm proud of you. Are you ready for this? If you're here today and you're a Christian and you've done some things you shouldn't have done, God loves you more than you know. And if you would take a step towards him, he is going to run to you. If you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you and he's gonna declare you his child. He's gonna just say, I'm proud of you. You might say, but I've done things. It doesn't matter. He's proud of you and by the blood of Christ, it's washed away. So don't stand apart for him and don't try to earn your way back. Just come, just come. So today, I'm hoping many of you will open your hearts to God. Let's pray. Father, we pray right now that your Holy Spirit would truly, truly come amongst us. God, and touch us. And Lord, you'd reveal your love and your presence right now. We love that we're trying and desiring to be your church. A unified family, a community of believers. Your children. But we can't do it on our own. We can say we want it. We want to do what you ask us to do. We need your spirit. We need your power. So give that to us now. And Father, I pray that you also would begin to touch anybody today who needs to open up their heart and give their life to you. And I pray, oh Lord, that you start stirring upon them. I pray, oh God, there'd be people, men and women and guys and girls sitting here, God would know this is their time and moment and would say yes to you. So I pray for that now, Lord. I beg and plead for them. And I pray right now some are going to say yes. I'm going to ask that we keep praying. And right now, if you're ready to say yes to God, either for the first time or to recommit, I'm going to ask you, right where you're sitting, would you start the process by whispering a prayer with me? Just start saying, get ready. We're going to just pray a prayer and say yes to God. He loves you. He wants you. If you want this, just pray this with me. Say these words. Lord Jesus, I know you love me. And I know you died on the cross to forgive me and cleanse me from all my sin and all my failures. You did this to make me new and to free me from fear and to free me from my past. And now I'm yours because I say yes. Yes, I want to be yours. Yes, I want your love. Yes, I want the life you have for me. And yes, I'm ready to live with you and for you. So take me now. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer.